This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 14. Here's a message from God. There's one word in verse 14 that I want you to get a hold of today. 2 Timothy Timothy 3, 14. But continue. I hope you'll underline that word continue. Mark that word. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child, young Timothy boy, from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. I charge thee, the old preacher Paul is charging the young preacher Timothy. Young Timothy, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Here's the charge, young preacher. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Young man, preach the word. Preach the word. The title of this morning's sermon is Continue in the Word. Continue in the Word. Now, let me give you a few verses in the Bible where the word continue is found. Listen careful. John 15 and verse 9, Jesus, our beloved Savior, said this, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. We're to continue in the love of Christ. Acts 13, 43, Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas. And the Bible says Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them, to those folk, Paul and Barnabas speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Continue. Acts 14, 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. Romans 6, 1, listen to this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? O Tabernacle Baptist, dear beloved, precious people, let's not continue in sin. Amen. 
Galatians 2.5, to whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Philippians 1.25, and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you for the furtherance and joy of faith. Colossians 1.23, if ye continue in the faith grounded and settled. Colossians 4.2, Continue in prayer. And then our passage. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Well, young Timothy, what have you learned? Well, he's learned the Bible. Now, what should you and I do with the Bible? Well, we need to read it through. Amen. All right, so let's read the Bible through. What else should we do with the Bible? Think it over. Read it through, think it over, and then write it down. Have you ever written a copy of one of the books of the Bible? I took my favorite book, the book of Mark, and I took a nice notebook, and in the best handwriting I could do, I sat and transcribed a copy of the book of Mark. Now, I'll tell you, it'll do something for you when you actually write a copy of one of the books of the Bible. What you do with the Bible, read it through, think it over, write it down, pray it in, pray the Bible in, then live it out, and then pass it on. <laughs> I like that. So I've got three little points today in this sermon, continuing the Word. Number one, what should we continue, Tabernacle Baptist, as far as continuing in the Word? Number one, we've got to continue reaching young people with the gospel and the clear teaching of the Word of God. We must continue reaching the young people, the children, the teenagers, the millennials with the Word. You see, young Timothy in this passage, uh, let's think about his family. Um, does he have a dad? Yes, he does. What do we know about his dad? His dad was a Greek. Do we find in the Bible that Timothy's dad gave young Timothy spiritual training. No. We don't find that. We do not find in the Bible that Timothy's dad was engaged with his boy to teach him the great principles and the great precepts of the Word of God. We don't find it. Now look, every dad ought to be a Christian dad. Would you say amen? amen. Yes. Every man needs to receive Jesus Christ as his Savior. And if he's given that man a wife, and if he's given that man children, he ought to be a Christian father. Listen, fathers ought to be leading the way. Leading the way to church. Amen. Leading the way in reading the Bible. Leading the way in giving the tithes leading the way in handing out gospel tracts. Do you know who gives out gospel tracts? People who have gospel tracts in their pocket. Oh yeah, get some gospel tracts as you leave today. Let's give out gospel tracts. Dads, dads ought to be seen by their children giving out gospel tracts. Dads ought to be seen praying. They ought to be heard praying. But in this passage and in the Bible, we don't find that young Timothy had a dad that taught him about the Lord. So where did young Timothy get his Bible training as far as in the house? 
He had a godly mama, and he had a godly grandmother. Oh, yeah, see, every mama, every mama ought to be a godly mama. Every mama should be trying to keep herself unspotted from the world. You read the book of Romans, chapter 1. You see the regression, the backwards movement of a country, of a nation, of a people group. And it seems like the last line of defense for a country is godly ladies. And when all the ladies become ungodly, the country's about over. Every mama ought to be a godly mama. And young Timothy, oh, he's been taught the Word. Who's been teaching him the Word? His mama and his grandmama. Let me, uh, let me uh, take a leaf out of my life for a moment and tell you something. My wife who's watching, and I'm here with you, we learned some news a few weeks back. I'm going to tell you how I learned this news. I picked up this phone. It was my son calling me. Now he calls me every day. He texts me. We've already texted several times a day. And uh, our son uh, called me. He said, Dad, I just want to tell you something, Dad. Dad, you're just great. I said, well, thank you. He said, I'm just telling you, you're just grand. I said, well, that's nice. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, you're a grandfather. You just really are. You're a grandfather. I said, that's nice. He said it one more time. I said, hold it. Would you just say, I'm a grandfather? Oh, my. That'll change you, brother. Renee and I already, my wife and I, our lives have already been impacted that a baby after all these years, we didn't think we was going to have grandchildren and suddenly find out grandchildren. My daughter has got me wrapped around her little finger, and now this little granddaughter, I haven't even met her yet. She's coming next month, brother, and she's got me wrapped around this little finger. Yeah, shouldn't the grandchildren, shouldn't they see granddad living for God? Shouldn't they see grandmama praying? Shouldn't they hear grandmama reading the Bible and seeing grandmama trying to live for God? Amen to all of that. And you see what must continue, Tabernacle Baptist? We must continue teaching the Bible to the children in Hickory and every child we possibly can. This, this Christian school, how much work is it? A lot. How much does it cost? A lot. Talking about tired people, Christian school teachers, bless their hearts. All of you that teach in the Christian school, God bless you. We all commend you, and we are all in debt to you. You're teaching with a Bible worldview because our poor public schools, so many things that they're being taught that is just of the devil, some of it. I've gotten more involved in things this past year, and I've learned some things that our Children are being taught that are just despicable. Oh, dear Lord. And by the way, do you know that 92%, if you're listening, say amen. amen. Do you know that last year in 2020, that 92% of American children didn't go to church one time? Let's bring some children to church.
Amen. Uh, bring them to Wednesday night. Bring them, bring them back tonight. Let's be in church. And listen, uh, reaching young people with the truth of the Bible must absolutely continue. Giving out uh, the, the precepts and the, the clear teaching of the Bible has to continue. Our 16th president of the United States of America, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, honest Abe. How about a politician that was honest? Wow, that sounds great. Honest Abe, how did you become such an honest politician? He had a mama. His mama died when he was nine years old. But until Abraham Lincoln lost his mama, his mama would get little Abraham up on her lap and she would read this book to him. And the passage she read the most to little Abraham was the Ten Commandments. Now, Abraham, I'm going to teach these to you again now, son. I want you to listen to mama. Now, it says here, son, thou shalt not bear false witness. Now, Abraham, that means you're not supposed to tell a lie. You're supposed to be honest, Abe. Well, that's what he became was honest Abe. He was known for high integrity as far as truthfulness. Oh, he may not have been the greatest president, but I, I like that we remember him as being an honest man. Oh, yes. Number one, what must continue at Tabernacle Baptist Church as far as the Word, reaching young people with the Word has got to continue. Amen. Number two, translating the Bible and distributing the Bible around the world. That has to continue. And we've got to find our spot in making that happen. All of us, we need to absolutely every one of us be involved in some area of trying to get the Bible translated for all the people groups of the world. How can our missionaries go to lands and people groups and start churches if they don't have the Bible? See, every people group needs the Bible. So Brother Fox, surely now 2,000 years after Christ went back to heaven, surely every people group has a copy of the Bible. Not true. Astoundingly, that's not true. I was sitting in a classroom and a man named Dale Money got up. He began to speak. He's an FBI man. FBI. First Bible International. Okay? You thought that other group. No. First Bible International. Yeah. Dale Money got up and he began telling us the desperate need of people groups getting the Bible. I went to him immediately after the class. I said, all right, Brother Money, you tell me there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people groups that have no Bible. I said, I want you to send me the top four. Start with alphabetical list and just start with the A's and give me the top four. I said, I'm going to see if I can't do something about it because it's, it's unthinkable to me that there's all these people groups without a copy of the Bible. The Bible is what will change your life. Amen to that. Teach you how to live. And so he gave me the list. And the first group on, on there was A-C-E-H. I thought, who in the world are these people A-C-E-H? I've never even heard of a country named A-C-E-H. Well, they're not a country. It's one of the 37 provinces of Indonesia. And I began trying to find out how to even pronounce it. 
A-C-E-H. I went to uh, the computer and typed it in and they began telling me how to say it. Ache. 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 You try it. Ready? Ache. How'd you do? Ache. Achenese. Well, I began trying to, I, I said, you know, I'll find Google Translate. I'll just translate the Bible myself. Uh, it didn't work. Need some linguistic helpers. I'm not a linguistic man. We've got to have the Bible for the Achenese. We've got to. Those poor people, they're 99.9% .9 Muslim. They've, they've got to hear the Bible. I kept trying to have a breakthrough. I began writing people in Aceh. I'd, I'd write zookeepers and museum people, just anybody I could get a hold of. I, I said, i, I got to get a breakthrough. I couldn't get a breakthrough. I assembled me right here in America, 300 children. I got little bands, little green bands. Pray for Ache. Pray for Ache. Pray. And I got me 300 prayer warriors with me. You want somebody to pray? Get you some children praying. A few weeks later, we had our first breakthrough. First convert. I won't mention his name for safety for him. See, they hate Christians. They'll kill people about Christ where he lives. At our first convert, we're up to six converts now, and we've got portions of the Bible for him. Amen. A fellow named Charles King came to me. Dr. King said, Brother Fox, I need your help. We've got to have a school of translation, Brother Fox. I took him out to eat. We're sitting there at the table. I'm drinking Diet Mountain Dew and all that, you know. I said, Dr. Keene, I don't know anything about translating the Bible other than I know it needs to be done. But I'm not a, I'm not a linguistics man. And this is what he said to me. Dr. Keene said this to me. He said, well, Brother Fox, you're not handsome either. <laughs> well, that's true, Dr. Keene, yeah. I said, what could I do to help? He said, there's two things you can do, Brother Fox. You can raise money, and you can help me raise awareness of this great need. I said, well, doctor, I can do that. And I asked him some questions. And since then, we've had $1 million raised. Amen to that. We've got a foundation. We've got our first students now. We've got our first 18 students the trend, we, listen, we got to quit talking about it. Do something. This work must continue. Yes, it's arduous work. It's tough work. It's hard work. But it's work that must be done. It's God's work that must be done. And God has designed His people to rise to challenges. It's a great challenge. But Jesus Himself gave us the greatest challenge of all time. The greatest challenge, I believe, of all time is what Jesus said at the very end of Matthew. Go you to all. We've got to take this Bible to everybody in the whole world. That's hard. But that's the work that must continue. Distributing the Bible. Distributing Bible portions. I, I, I'm working with Micah McCurry. 
He's, uh, Michael McCurry is the general manager of Bible Truth Music, but he's also the director now of Bible Tracks Incorporated. The two groups, Bible Truth Music and Bible Tracks Incorporated, we work together. Last year we got out 9 million tracks. This year we're aiming to get out over 20 million. It's got to be done. Listen, translating the Bible, distributing the Bible to the entire world absolutely has to be done. It must continue. Would you agree? Say amen if you do. Amen. amen. So reaching young people, like reaching the next young Timothy, has got to take place. Reaching all the boys and girls with the, with the Word of God has got to continue. It is indispensable. Number two, translating the Bible and distributing the Bible to the entire world has got to continue. And then lastly, number three, training preachers to preach the Word of God must continue. Training preachers. We've got to have preachers. We've got to have more preachers. Even yesterday, I worked with two churches that do not have a preacher. They're like, Brother Fox, you've got to find us a preacher. We've got to have a preacher all across the world. We need more preachers. Even this past week, I got to serve with Dr. Tom Farrell, Dr. John Getch, and Numbers is Scott Pauley. Evangelist Scott Pauley is doing a great work. But we've got to have more young preachers. We've got to have more young preachers. So, so how, do, how do young men know if they've been called? I think there's three parts. I think there are three parts. Number one, there's a divine burden that comes on a young man. I can't fully articulate it. I remember when it came to me, Every night I was in that little bedroom. We lived in a trailer. And I was in that little bedroom. And as a boy, I mean, as a teenage boy, reading the Bible by myself night after night. I mean, God, you, you want to hear from God? Get this book out. He'll talk to you through this book right here. And uh, well, he just talks to adults. No, he talks to teenagers and children too. And I know that the burden came on me. And I, I walked down the aisle at Grace Baptist Church, Hampton, Virginia. And Pastor Dudley met me and said, have you, have you surrendered to preach? I said, no, sir. God's called me to be a servant. God's called me to be a full-time servant. I don't know what all that is. I don't even know what it means. But that's what he's calling me to be. And all these years, that's what I've been, is a full-time servant of the Lord. I serve pastors, I serve churches, I serve my family. I serve my country. I'm a servant. Is that what you are? You should be. All of us should be servants of the Lord. He's the master, we're the servants. So there's three parts to this call to ministry. Number one, there's a divine burden. And number two, <laughs> it's recognized by other believers. <laughs> One of the young men that traveled with me, he's uh, 20 years old now, and uh, is 15 years old traveling with me, eating pizza. He would eat an entire pizza by himself and then start working on mine too. Oh, these boys can eat. And uh, oh, he's, he's such a blessing. His name is Kerry, Kerry Charles. His last name is Charles. And Kerry, 
Oh, I'd let him preach with me. We'd go soul winning. Charlottesville, that thing took place, the riot that was manufactured sometime back a few years ago, right after it. Carrie and I, we called a church there, said, can we come go soul winning and base out of that prophet's chamber? Yes, we went there. Carrie and I led 12 folk to Christ out there in Charlottesville that trip. Soul winning still works. Amen. What the world needs is still Jesus. Amen to that. We have no king but Jesus. Well, Carrie, a couple years later, he's 17 at this point, he calls me and said, Brother Fox, God's called me to preach. I said, I wondered when you would understand that and answer the call. He said, you knew? I said, I absolutely knew. Yeah, when a young man's called into the ministry, oh, other people will recognize it. They'll be able to see it. Three parts to a call to ministry. A divine burden. It's seen by the others. It's understood. It's perceived by other believers. But number three, a call to the ministry is empowered by the Holy Ghost. I don't ever want our preacher to preach in his strength alone. He doesn't want to do that. Our services need the hand of God upon them. We're not up to the task, but God is altogether beyond the, the need of the task. Amen to that. God has all power at His disposal. It's the work of the Holy Ghost that must take place in a man, in a lady that wants to serve God. So our church, we need to actively train in, sending kids off to Bible college, having a pastor's apprentice school here. That's not a bad idea right there. Our own pastor having his own apprentice school right here. Um, I, I, I dug out portions of my doctrinal statement when I was a young preacher. Believe it or not, I was a young preacher one time. Me and Renee just had a birthday. Renee and I are born on the same day, and Friday was our birthday. We're born on the exact same day, same year. She was born two hours before I was. So I technically married a little bit older woman. You know what I'm saying? Two hours. She was born at 6 a.m. I was born at 8 a.m. This past Friday, baby, you don't even know this, but I woke up at 6.20 and I started to wake you up and talk about how old you were and how young I was, but I decided not to do that. It was last time I did that, it wasn't good. Yeah, she didn't like me saying all those things about how much older she was. But she does say that I need to respect my elders. <laughs> and my sweet darling. Well, I was a young preacher, 19 years old. Nobody in the world is smart as a 19-year-old preacher. Yeah, man. I got licensed into the ministry and then being ordained and I wrote up my, my doctrinal paper. And I've got portions of it here. Now, it's on computer now, but back then I had a manual typewriter and typed up these things. I didn't have grammar checker back then, so I've, I've, I've made three edits to my doctrinal paper. Grammar edits. This is what I wrote as a young boy, and I'm going to tell you where I got this Bible doctrine. 
know where I got it? I got it from this book right here, and I got it from the preachers that invested in me and the teachers that invested, the Sunday school teachers and the, the Bible college teachers and professors and my own pastor who took the Bible and taught me the great doctrines of the Bible. Here's what I wrote as a kid, as a kid. I believe in the verbal plenary inspiration of Scripture. I believe every word of the Bible was written under the direct influence of the Holy Spirit. I believe the Bible is without error and is accurate in every detail. The Bible is the foundation of my Christian faith. I believe in the virgin birth of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God was conceived by the Holy Ghost in the Virgin Mary. Jesus was not contaminated by sin. He had a sinless birth. He lived a sinless life. And He died a sinless substitute for all. Belief in the sinless Son of God is an indispensable foundation of Christianity. I believe in the vicarious substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ for the sins of the world. He became sin for us. Vicarious means Christ identified with us. As a substitute, Christ died for the sinner and suffered the terrible consequences of sin. Anyone who denies the efficacy of the blood atonement is not a Christian. Without the blood of Christ, a sinner could not be forgiven, redeemed, or justified. I believe in the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. If the body of Jesus Christ had remained in the grave, then the benefits of Calvary and the promises of Jesus Christ would have been unfulfilled. But Jesus Christ rose on the third day as He predicted with victory over sin and death. The physical resurrection is an absolute necessity to complete the plan of salvation. It is a fundamental of the Christian faith. I believe that Jesus Christ will return to earth to fulfill all that He has promised. The plan that God began, He will complete. Christ is coming for His own. He will judge the sinner, and He will reward the saint. God's promises to Israel will be fulfilled, and on it goes. Where did I get that? I got it at church. I got it in Bible college classes. I got it from preachers. And pastor, it's got to continue. It's got to continue. We have got to continue being tra training young people for the ministry. John R. Rice. John R. Rice. He died 40 years ago. It's amazing. It's been 40 years. I have preached in churches that Dr. Rice started that are still going to this very day. Dr. Rice, was he called to preach? If he were here today, he'd say, I don't know. He would say, I volunteered and God let me. I know one thing we need to do is just give ourselves to the Lord. It's got to continue. The work of God must continue. Uh, what group, what group in America is going to raise the level of righteousness? There's only one people going to do that. The atheists are not going to do that. 
The God-haters are not going to do that. The devil's people are not going to raise the level of righteousness in this country. There's one group who will continue doing it. It's God's people. And if we don't do it, it won't be done. I want you to stand, please. I want our pianist. I want our pianist to come. And I want our pianist to play, be ready to play the song, I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. And I want to make an appeal right now to the men of this congregation. I don't know that Timothy's dad was even saved. I don't know. But I'll tell you, for the work of Tabernacle to go forward as it ought to be, the men of our church have just got to continue doing what's right. And so I'm opening all the altars for the men who want to get on their knees or who want to come and stand and rededicate themselves to God, that God's work would continue in the home and in the community and in the state. Oh, God, please touch this invitation. Oh, Lord, you're almighty. You do all things well. We want to lift up Jesus. We want folk to be saved. Oh, Lord, if perchance there's people here not saved, oh, that is our heart's cry that they'd be born again in this invitation. Lord, I'm praying for the men to respond in a way that would please you. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed, music's starting to play. Come on, all the men that want to come and rededicate yourself to God, give yourself to God. Yeah, come on, men, come on, men, come on, come on. Lead the way. Come on, men. The work of God must continue. It must continue. Continue in the Word. Men, make up your minds you're going to read the Bible. By the sweet grace of God, I went through the Bible ten times last year. Brother Bob Leach and I, we had several chapters of the Bible this morning. Men, read the Bible. Only the Bible can straighten a man out. There's no other book that can straighten a man out like the Bible. No, no. It's the Bible we so desperately need. And then we've got to have some more preachers. We need some more song leaders. We need more missionaries, more evangelists, more workers of every sort. Who's going to be the next Andrew? Who's going to be the next Pastor Hooks? Who's going to be the next Brian Odom? We've got to have more. Jesus left us one prayer request. Jesus in the Word left us one prayer request. What is it? Pray for laborers. You see, the labor's got to continue. The work has got to continue. Ladies, would you give yourself to God? Everything that you are, everything in your hand, all of your influence. One of the greatest things you ladies have is influence. You influence that husband of yours. You influence those children. You influence those grandbabies. Oh yeah, you have big, big influence. Ladies, use your influence for God. That has just got to continue. Would you look this way? Thank you. Uh, my wife is watching. Her granddad, 
Papaw. Papaw had a horse. Papaw had an old workhorse in North Carolina uh, near the Dismal Swamp. And uh, the workhorse's name was Frank. Frank. And they would cut down these trees into the Dismal Swamp and all these years ago they had... They had put ropes and chains on Frank to pull those great big trees after they had cut them down. It would be Frank's job to drag those trees out of the dismal swamp. And Papaw, my wife's granddad, he'd get up alongside of Frank and he'd, you know, say, now Frank, we got you all harnessed up here now, got you all roped up and got that big old tree. Uh, Papaw would give him a little pep talk, you know. So now, Frank, by the way, Papa's name was also Frank. He named the horse after himself. Now, Frank, <laughs> now, Frank, we're going to have to pull that big old log. It's heavy, but Frank, you're going to have to pull it out. Come on now, Frank. You're going to have to pull now. Come on, Frank. It's time to pull. And he started pulling. No, Frank, it started straining. That, that log wouldn't move at all. Come on, Frank. You can do it, Frank, Papa would say. Come on, Frank, pull, Frank. And old Frank, man, he'd, man, he'd be straining, he'd be pulling uh, with everything he's got. And then suddenly, that log would start to move. Come on, Frank. It's got to continue, Frank. Come on, Frank. Continue to pull. And old Frank would pull those great big old trees out of the dismal swamp at, at workhorse, Frank. I got thinking about Frank this week, the workhorse. Papaw's with the Lord now. That's about what Tabernacle Baptist has got to do. See, it's not time for Tabernacle Baptist to quit. Amen. It's not even time to let up. What time is it? It's time to continue. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.